This is FaithCast, weekly messages from Victory Faith in Spokane, Washington. To stay connected with Victory Faith, visit victoryfaith.org where you can submit prayer requests and praise reports, sign up to receive weekly email updates, give online, and much, much more. Consider joining us for our live stream online Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. at victoryfaith.org live. Now, on to the message. And I'm excited this morning. I get the privilege of preaching the word this morning. And um, I want to encourage you, if you have not been around in the last four weeks, we have had some really inspiring uh, messages. Pastor Trevor did three weeks on the battles that we face in our mind and our thinking and the lies that we believe and how we're under construction, constantly being changed and renewed in our thinking to be more like God. And he and Pastor Craig talked about the word of God being the truth for our lives, the authority for us. The word of God is where we can find out what is true and how to live out the truth that is found in the Bible. And the word of truth confronts our lives so that we can walk in the way God desires us to walk. So if you haven't heard those messages, I just encourage you to do that. It's like receiving tools in our tool belt to continue to walk this journey that God has called us to. So I just uh, inspire you to do that. And this morning, by the grace of God, I'm going to try to continue in that to talk about truth with us today. So how about we start by praying. Uh, Lord, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you that we get to gather together. Lord, I thank you that you're drawing each one closer to you this morning. And Lord, I pray that you would give me your heart and your words, your truth this morning, that we would all learn from you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, you have likely arrived at this conclusion already. Um, You're probably more mature than I am. But I'm starting to realize in my life that life never, ever ceases to be difficult. (laughs) I don't know if any of you can relate to that. I used to kind of think that if I knew what I needed to work on, then I could work on it and then get over it. And then I would be fine. I would just be great. I would just coast <laughs> through life and I would, I would figure it out. But that is absolutely the dumbest thing ever. And it's just totally not true. And I want to share a little funny story uh, that I was reminded of as I was preparing this message. And I remember about eight years ago, I had been hired at the church to um, help Pastor Trevor in youth ministry. And I was putting on a conference and I had never done anything like that in my life. And there was gonna be different churches here and people that I'd never met before. And I remember being so afraid, thinking I would misspell a word in an email or uh, that the floors wouldn't be clean. And nobody gave me that pressure, it was all me. Um, And I just remember being so afraid and thinking like, wow, this is really difficult. And not only that, I was also planning a wedding because I had just been engaged. And so I was thinking of all the things that planning a wedding requires and the invitation list and the money that it would take and what we were going to do and how we were going to do it. And I also was preparing to preach a message at that same conference. And I had only ever preached at youth groups before. And the size was much different than what it would be. And so I was totally, completely, 100% freaking out. Okay. I was afraid 
I remember being so afraid that I would say something unbiblical on the stage and that no one would ever give me a microphone ever again because of how terrible I represented the Bible. It was ridiculous. And I remember all all of the fear and pressure, all the reasons that I could fail. Like I said, no one put that on me. That was all me. If you need a window into my mind, I don't want to fail ever, okay? So that's just a little bit about me. And I distinctly remember this thought. I was young, so naive, 20, and I remember thinking, it's okay. This is the hardest that it will ever be. (laughs) Isn't that cute? And I was like, this is the hardest it'll ever be. Next year, I won't be planning a wedding. Next year, I'm going to be better at this. Like, I have it under my belt. I've got it. It'll never be. This is the hardest that it will ever be. Well, I was wrong. And uh, ever since I thought that thought for the first time ever, life has increasingly gotten harder and harder, more challenging. I've had children since then. That pales in comparison to raising, birthing, comforting, nurturing a child. Okay, I've had financial hardship since then, disagreement and conflict and confusion. Uh, You name it, I have had it. Bigger work projects, you know, harder, more difficult tasks. And I think now that I know, I think those things will continue uh, every day until I see Jesus face to face. Are we encouraged, church? Is that encouraging? At least you know you're not alone, okay? So each one of us, no matter our age or position or season of life, we're currently experiencing things that add to the pressure and the difficulty of the challenging life that we live. You may be in the room or even online, and you might be facing some internal challenges. So dealing maybe with the emotions of something traumatic that has taken place. And on the inside, you're in turmoil in your emotions. You might be sorting through some relational heartbreak and what the toll that that has taken on your heart. You might be facing a sickness or an illness in your own physical body and dealing with the pain and the frustration of not knowing how to overcome that. Or like Pastor Trevor has been talking about, the repeated cycle of negative thinking in your own mind. We all face internal challenges and external challenges. Uh, Like Pastor Trevor just shared, you might be in a work environment where it's difficult to navigate because of differing policies or ideologies or pressures placed on you from your bosses or your coworkers. You could be walking through the loss of income. That's so real. You could be walking through the loss of relationships. There could be false accusations that are coming against you, and those are external challenges or pressures. And we all have habitual challenges that we face, the ongoing things that we're either tempted with or the trap that we repeatedly fall into that we try to overcome by the power of God. And that might be gossip or lust or unforgiveness, addiction, jealousy, rage, too much chocolate. You know what I'm saying? There might be habitual challenges that we face. And I think the one that we can all agree upon that we're working on, especially as we're learning more about the word of God being the truth for our lives and defining our lives, is there's this challenge that we are faced with, the challenge of walking out and living out the biblical truth that God is revealing to us. And we are reading about in scripture. We're all on this journey of reading the word and doing the word, as it says. And the word is like a mirror to us. And when you look in the mirror, the mirror confronts you face to face 
with who you are. And the Bible confronts us face to face with who we are, our shortcomings, our weaknesses, the things that we're not doing that are according to God's word, the truth that we may not be living in until we read it and realize, oh my gosh, I'm face to face with the reality that the word of God desires a certain path for my life and I'm not living it. And so we have this challenge of living out the truth that is found in the word of God. And um, you're, you might be in the, in the building or in the, on the screen and um, you're not going to leave here today discouraged. I hope you know that. Um, but every single one of us, every age category, every person faces these challenging. And I want to read uh, us a little bit of what, about what Jesus said. Jesus says to his disciples in John chapter 14, verses 27, this, peace, I I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled. Do not let it be fearful. And that scripture is so encouraging. It's the kind of thing you get tattooed on your body or on a sticky note or you write it in your journal or you memorize it with your children. God is, Jesus is saying, peace I give to you. Not like the world gives, but I give you this peace so you don't need to let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. And that's so encouraging, but why is Jesus saying that? In what context is he telling people, peace I leave with you or give to you? Well, if we rewind not too far back in the same uh, chapter, John chapter 14, verses 15 to 18, Jesus is saying this. He's saying, if you love me, keep my commands. Well, that's what we're all trying to do right now. We're being confronted with the word of God to keep the commands of God. So if you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. Turn to somebody next to you and say the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives in you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Jesus is teaching the disciples, they're gonna make it. He's he's telling them, I'm leaving you peace because a time is coming very soon. He knows he's gonna be crucified on the cross and he knows he's leaving them and he's been with them for three years. They're watching him, they're learning from him. He's evaluating them. He's uh, teaching them and, and they're saying, okay, this is how Jesus walks. I'll walk like Jesus walks. And Jesus is about to leave them to be crucified on the cross. And he's saying, but do not worry. Do not be afraid. I am going to leave my peace with you. And it's not just going to be the peace, the nice peace of God. No, I'm giving you something in the place of me. I'm leaving. And then I'm going to give you the advocate, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth that's going to be with you in you forever until the end of the age. Jesus is saying, you have hope. You're not hopeless. You're not doing this alone. You're gonna face many trials and persecution, but you're not alone. You have the Holy Spirit, the advocate that is coming to you, the spirit of truth. And I wanna take some time today to remind us of the role of the Holy Spirit in our daily lives. And this might be a refresher course for some of you, but hey, that's everyday living. Uh, the word of the Bible is to be reminded and encouraged of the truth. And I believe that as we learn more about the Holy Spirit, that as we're faced with these internal, external, habitual challenges, that God's going to give us some keys to overcome that as we walk with him, the spirit of truth. So 
here's some reminders about the God that we serve. We serve one God, and God has three distinct parts. The Father God, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4 to 6 says, There is one body and one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So we see that there's this oneness in God and oneness in faith and oneness in the parts of the things that we believe. And our God has three distinct parts. Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14 says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So anytime that I read scripture where I see the evidence of God, the triune God, three in one, God the Father, Jesus the Son, the Holy Spirit, I, I like to highlight it and log it away because it confirms the faith and the doctrine of what we believe as Christians. So the three parts of God are the Trinity. They're co-equal, so they have equal value. They're co-eternal. They always have been and always will be. There's scriptures about that. And they're equally holy. They have the same importance. We have this almighty God, powerful, loving father, this victorious Jesus who conquered death and our example for how to live. And then we have the Holy Spirit. And we could read about the Holy Spirit in the Bible or sing songs about him thinking it's just a fire or a wind or a dove or an experience or a breath. But the Holy Spirit is not a depersonalized force. He is a distinct personality in the trinity of the God that we believe in. And he has an important part to play in our daily lives. The, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of Christ. And also that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of God. So the Holy Spirit's not off doing his own thing, coming when he pleases, leaving when he pleases. No, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of God, the presence of Jesus, the presence of God, and he is with us. So let's reread chapter or John chapter 14, back to what Jesus said. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. There we see, again, the three in one in that one scripture. And so I want to define to you what Jesus is saying about the advocate, what he's saying, who this Holy Spirit is. And the advocate in the Greek is a word called paraclete. And that word means, one, advocate, somebody who pleads another cause before a judge, a legal assistant, or supporting a position or a viewpoint. And you may have heard this story before. I shared it a, a while ago, but as I was preparing, I was thinking of this story. A few years ago, Adam and I were dealing with a business person who was treating us extremely unfairly. And we were losing money every day to this business person. And it was a lose-lose situation. No matter what we tried, the, what we said, our plan to go to this person, it was a lose-lose. They would not allow us to, but they were taking our money every single day. And it was unfair. And we did not know what to do. And it got to the point where either it would get really bad, you would say things you regret saying, do things you regret doing, or we needed an absolute miracle. And I remember thinking, well, we should probably pray. I wish I thought of that hours, days before, but it came too late. Anyway, we decided, well, let's pray. 
And so I remember praying, Holy Spirit, I pray that you go before us. God, I pray that you go soften this man's heart. Lord, I pray that where he's been treating us unfairly, that you would turn it for us, that you would work it out for our good, that there would be justice for us, that you would make a way where there seems to be no way. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would go before us and make a way out of this for us. And I remember minutes later, Adam was on the phone with this business person again, and it was like, talking to a completely different person. His heart had been made soft. He decided to make a deal with us. In fact, he even reimbursed us for some of the money that we were losing every single day. And we have an advocate on our side, the Holy Spirit, that we can, in the face of trial or persecution or frustration or hopelessness, in accordance with the will of God, ask to move on our behalf, to plead a case for us. And I want to think about, you might be in your school or in your work environment, and you want to share the love of Jesus with somebody or preach the gospel to somebody. And just know, you have an advocate that's working on your behalf, that goes before you you. That's softening the heart of the listener. That's giving you um, words to say in your mouth and filling your mind with truth so that when you speak, the Holy Spirit has made a way, pleading the case of Jesus for you, and it can touch the heart of the other person. You have an advocate, and we have an advocate in the Holy Spirit. Another definition of that word advocate is helper. And helper is divine strength that enables us in trials or persecution. Divine strength, that's the coolest thing ever. Like, helper is not like a sissy, you know? A helper is not a sissy. A helper, divine strength that enables you and empowers you in trial and persecution. You might be going through a trial in your life right now or persecution right now or intimidation. And Jesus said, he said, I'm not leaving you alone. You don't have to figure this out on your own. No, I'm giving you my peace. He's gonna live on the inside of you and he will be your helper to give you divine Divine strength, empowerment in the middle of trials and persecution. Another definition for that word is comforter. A comforter is someone who's summoned or called to one side. And there are a couple of people in my life who just always seem to anticipate my needs before I do. It's such a gift. Um, and, I, and I have somebody in my life who I'll be having a big work week or lots going on and they'll just come out of nowhere and say, I figured you had a lot going on. I'm here to help you. And I have another person who will do the same thing. Hey, can I watch your son for a few hours today? I know that you have a lot going on. And I cannot tell you how comforting that is. Is, to have somebody that's willing to be there by my side to help me and uh, and like be summoned to my side. And I want you to know that's true of the Holy Spirit, the third person of God who lives in our hearts, who is with us forever. He's at our side waiting, anticipating, summoned so we can live out this kingdom life that God has called us to live. How terrible is it when someone offers help and you decide, ah, it's fine, I can do it on my own, I'll figure it out, I'm amazing, I got it under control, don't worry about me. I have a propensity toward that, I don't like asking for help, it's not one of my uh, greatest strengths. And how, how frustrating is it when someone offers help and you reject their help and then hours later or days later, weeks later, you wish, gosh, I should have taken them up on that offer to help me. This would have gone so much smoother or quicker or better for me. Has that ever happened to anybody else but me? Okay, thank you. Okay, 
So don't be like that to the Holy Spirit. Don't ignore the nudge, the correction, the assistance, the voice of truth speaking to you. The Holy Spirit is there to say, ah, don't go there. Do this. Speak this life-giving word. Walk in this way. This is the truth. This is the way that you should go. Ah, temptation's over there. Why don't we come over here this way so you don't fall into a trap? We have the Holy Spirit, the comforter, summoned to our side, and we could ignore him and say, nah, thanks. I'm okay. I got it figured out. I can do it in my own strength. Or we could say, yes, I need the divine enablement. I need the power of God to come and to help me make these right decisions and walk in the way of the Lord. And lastly, that word advocate means counselor, one that teaches and brings direction to us. Amen. I don't know how many times in my life I have lacked clarity and needed direction. And yes, we find it in the word. We had a great message about that last week, to find truth in the word. The word of God is a lamp into our feet, a light unto our path. It shows us direction. And yes, we find it in counselors and the people and the leaders around our lives. The Bible talks about that. Having a host of counselors around you is a good thing. And additionally, we have God, the counselor with us where we can pray and ask him to speak. God, show me what my next move is. Lord, would you show me how to endure this? God, would you show me how to reply in this relational issue? Lord, would you show me how to live the life that you desire that I live? And that's who he is. That's his name. His name is the counselor. And in the midst of this intimidation or chaos or confusion or failure or struggle or lack, we have the gift of God, the Holy Spirit with us as our counselor. I remember a time where uh, I was faced with a major decision, wasn't sure what to do. It was pretty all-consuming as all major decisions are. All I could think about, didn't know what to do. And I remember praying and praying and praying, God, would you speak to me? What's your will? God, what's your will? God, what's your will? And finally, in a moment, I felt the spirit of God say, that's a distraction. Oh my gosh, it was so amazing to have clarity come to me in that moment. It didn't mean it was easy. It didn't mean it was easy for me to let go of the thing I was thinking about and praying about, but it meant I had clarity and answer a direction. That's a distraction. Don't spend your time thinking about that anymore. It's a waste of your time. And the Holy Spirit is that counselor for us. So the Bible says, Jesus says that God will give us an advocate. And then he says, his name is the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. We can know the truth of God's word by the confirmation of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit reminds us of who Jesus is and what the word says. Like I said earlier, the Bible calls the Holy Spirit the spirit of God and the spirit of Christ. So he's in alignment with what God is doing, with what the power of Jesus is doing on the inside of your life. He's in alignment. The Bible says the spirit searches the depths of God. So we can trust the Holy Spirit because he's searching the depths of God for a solution or, or wisdom or the truth for our life so that we can walk out the way that God calls us to. We can trust the spirit of truth. We see that Jesus himself was led by the Holy Spirit in the Bible. And if Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit, how much more do you and I need to be led by the Holy Spirit? In Luke chapter 3, verses 21 to 22, people were being baptized, and Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, 
heaven opened up and the Holy Spirit descended on Jesus in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven saying, you are my son whom I am, who I love. With you, I am well pleased. So right there, we see the three in one again. We see Jesus being baptized. We see the Holy Spirit coming to him. And we see the father saying, this is my son whom I love. I'm well pleased with him. And after Jesus was baptized, his ministry started. So after After Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, he started to live out the kingdom in a greater way. In Luke chapter four, we read three things that the Holy Spirit leads Jesus to. And the first one is the Holy Spirit gives Jesus direction. In Luke chapter four, verse one, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. So Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And each one of us who are needing clarity and direction and answers in our lives, we can trust that we're not left alone to make these decisions by ourselves. No, we have the helper, the counselor, the comforter, the advocate, the Holy Spirit with us to help lead us in the direction that God wants us to go. The Holy Spirit gave Jesus direction. A few verses down after Jesus is tempted in the wilderness and overcomes the devil full of the Holy Spirit, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news began to spread about him and he began teaching in the synagogues. So the Holy Spirit gave Jesus direction and the Holy Spirit also gave Jesus power. We talked about that divine enablement, that power, the gift of God on the inside to overcome the things that we are faced with. So the Holy Spirit gave direction, power, and following that, just a few scriptures down, Jesus unrolls a scroll and he begins to read it. And he says this, the spirit of the Lord is on me because... Because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So the Holy Spirit gave Jesus purpose and vision for what he was doing. So we see just right there in a small chunk of scripture, the Holy Spirit is giving Jesus direction, power, and purpose Aren't those the things that we need in our lives to overcome the challenges that we're facing? We don't know what to do. We don't know where to go. We don't know how to reply. Well, we need the direction, the leading, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We're facing something very difficult. We need the empowerment, the enabling of God to lead us and help us and prove miracles before us by the Holy Spirit. We need purpose. I don't know how many times we're just doing what we're doing just to do it. When God gives us a purpose in a vision, then we can accomplish the will of God for our lives because we have purpose in the things that we're doing. If Jesus needed those things, we can uh, assume that we need those things as well. And the source was the Holy Spirit, the filling of the Holy Spirit. Jesus promises his disciples, it's better that I leave because you have to follow me and find me and congregate where I am. It's actually better that I leave. And when I go, the Father will say, and each one of you individually, the Holy Spirit, so you can walk in my ways and learn from me and do what is right. But you have the gift of God, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And today God is speaking the same thing to each one of us. We have the gift of God, the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the advocate, the spirit of truth on the inside of us to help us overcome our challenges.
In Romans chapter 8, verse 9, the Bible says, however, you are not living according to the flesh or controlled by your sinful nature, but in the spirit, if in fact the spirit of God lives in you, directing and guiding you. And as we search truth out and discover in the word what truth is for our lives, we don't live according to our flesh or our natural person. No, we live according to the spirit to try to please the spirit of God so that we could say we walked in the ways of the Lord. And I just want to share honestly, with you the things that I am working on and giving uh, to the Holy Spirit and leaning into the Holy Spirit for is, is self-discipline so that I can le- live a life that's pleasing to the Spirit of God according to the Word of God. I need self-discipline to hold my tongue so I don't say something stupid or displeasing to the Lord. And so I'm leaning, God, help me with my tongue. God, help me train my tongue so that I'm in control of what I say. I need self-discipline to reel in my emotions when I'm dealing with my three-year-old, okay? I need this, I do, I need the power, the spirit of God to help me keep control of my, of my emotions and my actions so that I can raise my child in a biblical way, in a holy way that's pleasing to the Lord. I'm trying to nourish my body properly so that I can live a long time and preach the gospel for a long time. And so I'm trying to nourish my body properly and I do, I pray, God, would you help Help me resist temptation to eat things I shouldn't eat. God, would you give me the power and the ability to work out literally because I want to be strong. I want to live a long time. I want to play with my kids. And so those are things in self-discipline that I'm trying to lean in to the Holy Spirit. And I'm not left alone and you're not left alone. And the thing that you're facing and the problem that you're going through, the challenge, the lack, that you are not left alone, but Jesus has left you with the gift of God the Holy Spirit. God is a good father. And oftentimes when I've read the Bible, I've thought about God being a good father, giving us materialistic things that we need. But when I was reading again this week, when the Bible talks about God being a good father, he's so much better than our earthly fathers. The Bible says that God will give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it stood out to me because it's not just an earthly thing. No, God doesn't leave us alone. We're not left as orphans. He says, I'm a good father. I'm going to give you someone called to your side, summoned to your side to face this difficulty with you. And you have the spirit of God the presence of Jesus with you in your trial. Imagine what our life would look like if we just spent a little bit more time leaning into the truth, the spirit of truth, or receiving the help that we need from our Father, from the Holy Spirit. Imagine what families would look like. I remember being a young person, a teenager, and being inspired by my pastors, Trevor and Heidi, and they would talk about how they would pray with their young kids to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, to, to make decisions. And I remember distinctly them talking about Rama praying about if she should go to a birthday party or not. And so just I'm just trying to live a godly life and trying to raise my children. And so I try to talk to my kids about the Holy Spirit or take time to listen to the Spirit of God. What's he saying? Sometimes it's crazy. But last night I was in my bedroom or my children's bedroom and I was with them and Milo was asking me a bunch of questions and I, I just said, well, let's just ask the Holy Spirit. And so she said, okay. And Everett says, mom, 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 mom. Like, okay, just chill for just for a second here. And so I said, okay, Holy Spirit. And they repeated after me and I said, open my eyes so that I could see. And they said that, open my ears so that I can hear. 
open my heart so that I can understand what you're saying. And we just waited. And Milo was like, Mom, Jesus said something to me. You never know what it's going to be, honestly. So <laughs> I'm like, okay, what did he say? She said, Jesus told me that he would fill me with his love every day. And she's like this, like this. She said, Mom, will you tell Dad that? That was so cool. And I was like, oh my gosh, the gift of the Holy Spirit is for you. It's for your children. It's for your coworkers. It's for the generations to come. It's for the people you disciple. It's for your small group. You have, if you're well exercised in the Holy Spirit, you have the gift to give it away, to teach people and include them so that they can hear the voice of the Lord for themselves. And imagine what our communities and our families and our church would look like if we begin to lean in, depend upon, rehearse, Talk about the gift of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen? Amen. Well, how about you bow your head and close your eyes this morning. Acts chapter 2, verses 38 to 39 says, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And when you believe in Jesus, that he lived this perfect sinless life and that he was led by the Spirit in the way that he lived and that he died the death on the cross, bearing the weight of your sin and my sin, when you believe that he rose again from the dead, you will receive forgiveness and the newness of life. And the Bible said, we just read it, you will receive the deposit, the gift of the Holy Spirit, that comfort, peace, purpose, power, direction. And if you want to believe in Jesus today, with every eye closed and head bowed, would you just lift up your hand to heaven today? And God sees your hand and he sees the confession that you're making, that you want to walk in his ways and, and receive the forgiveness of Jesus. Thank you so much. I see that hand. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. God sees that hand. God sees that confession in your heart and he's going to make you new and give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. You can put your hands down and everybody can lift up their heads and we're going to pray a prayer together. And if you raise your hand or you wish you did, wished that you did, please just pray this prayer along with me and, and talk straight to God when you pray. Say, Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. I believe that you died on the cross for me and rose from the dead so that I can live. Come into my life and fill me with the Holy Spirit so that I can walk in relationship with you all the days of my life. Amen. Amen. Well, let's give it up for those who just said yes to Jesus. We're going to worship, but I just want to take one more minute to, to have another time of prayer. And, and you might be here needing the comfort that I've talked about. You might need to know that you're not alone in the trial that you're facing. Or you might need the power and enablement to do something difficult that God is asking you to do. Or the presence of Jesus. And uh, we want to pray for you that you would receive a fresh encounter, a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That divine enablement, that grace upon your life to do what God asks you to do. And maybe... You're well acquainted with the Holy Spirit, but like I said, you want to go to the next level to share with your coworkers or your friends or your children, your life group, that you could exercise the gifts of the Spirit. And if that's you, I just invite you to stand up and I'm just going to pray over you before we go into worship. So if you want a fresh encounter or touch from the Holy Spirit, just stand. 
Well, thank you, Lord. God, I thank you that you are here in the midst of us. God, I thank you that you did not leave us alone, that even now you're in the midst of us. And God, I pray for every single person standing here today and in their home this morning. God, I pray that you would touch them with the power of the Holy Spirit. God, where people are facing incredibly challenging situations, God, I pray for your divine enablement to come upon them, that they can walk and live out the way that you've called them to live. God, I pray that you would free people from addiction. God, that you would free people from the things that they're facing. God, that you would free people from sin even now in your presence. And Lord, we say we welcome you, Holy Spirit, to come into our lives again, to pour out over us so that we can be who you created us to be. God, I pray now for direction, for people who need direction. God, I pray now for power. And Lord, I pray that you would give us purpose as we continue to walk out the life that you want us to live. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, let's worship Jesus as a response.